yeah, today the children will have uh, their good time today with Pastor Heath, yeah, as their speaker. So let's look today how we want to walk with Jesus as we remember and as we memorize what is happening to him today. You know, he was on the cross for six hours from nine until three. And he was hanging there with such a pain. So now, as we want to meditate, what does the cross do for our lives? What does the cross experience for us? What does Jesus take away, redeem by his going up to Calvary? to Golgotha, to the place of skull, to the place of death. He died to himself. He died to his own agenda. He died to whatever his pleasures. And he say, your will, God, be done, not mine. So as Jesus was going there to Calvary from last night, where he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I suppose there was no sleep for him from last night until the moment that they hang him on the cross. So, the experience of the cross, I just want to invite all and every one of you, just right now, we are just like being there with Jesus on the cross. Even, even on the way to the cross, what are the things that Jesus experienced? And the writer of Hebrews says, he experienced it so that he has compassion to help us. So this kind of things, we also experience pain, suffering, sorrows in our lives. And when you come to the cross, you come to understand that Jesus exactly knows what you are going through. And Jesus exactly understands, maybe you feel that you are just in a deep down place. No one knows what you are going through. But Jesus, as we are going to look through these scriptures, he understands, and let's see, number one, he understands what is called the pain of betrayal. The pain of betrayal, maybe nowadays uh, it's happening a lot in a marriage. When husband and wife who used to love each other so much, that they get into a marriage. And then along the way, the love that was so like the only one in the whole world now become cold. And they even hate one another. And they even come to the point maybe betraying one another. And 
this now so many that happen around us and it's not only in marriage maybe only also in the workplace and Jesus understood the pain of betrayal so let's now read Luke 22:21 until and then also verse 48 but behold the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table for the son of man goes as it has been determined but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed verse 48 but jesus said to him judas would you betray son of man the son of man with a kiss so the first one jesus is saying the one who betrays me is not somebody who is just like acquaintance maybe a friend that i don't really know but jesus said the one who betrays me is somebody who is really really close how close is it this person is one of the 12 that means every day every day being together having meals together three times a day so this person must be very very close for three years maybe just a little bit of um, understanding of what it means of being betrayed like this maybe let's just see something that is not a betrayal but something that is a terapod for you wives that have domestic helpers maybe if the ones already work in your house living with you for three years and then suddenly they just left now the pain is like well they are not your relatives they are not connected to you by blood but because you live every day in the same house you have such a closeness and you have the feeling that when they live like you also being sad and now that's the only domestic helper this is a friend the one that you share your life you share a table together so that means you eat on the same table you share your life when jesus talked when jesus shared about his life it's not only to 11 but to the 12 including judas so he was there all around every day every minute and that is saying also it's about the grace of god god is giving judas all the opportunities that he could have to repent but he chose not to he was given all this grace until because of what he chose jesus said jesus already knew judas would chose that way of betrayal and jesus said woe to that man it's better for him if he was not born it's not something that god predicted but god in his sovereignty he knew what judas will choose out of his self-will 
So that's why God is saying that. And moreover, in verse 48, Judas came and kissed Jesus. Wow. Somebody who can kiss Jesus must be a close friend. And with the kiss, that's the sign of betrayal. That's the man. The one whom I kiss, that's the man. Wow. That is picturing how close Judas was. But he chose not to love, but he chose to betray, to reject the love of God, to reject the grace of God. Be careful with our choice. And even more so, God knows the pain. How deep is the pain of betrayal? There is another disciples that also betrayed Jesus. He was going with Jesus for three years, being with him always. But when people ask him, do you know that man? He said, I don't know. I don't know him. That's another betrayal. The second one, Luke 22, 61, 62. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The other one was Peter. And it's so clear that he denied the one Peter even more so. Out of the twelve, there is another inner circle of three. Peter, James, and John. So Peter was one of the inner circle. And yet, you know, when you see that picture, it's not a denial in, you know, in nothingness, but it's, it's a middle of a mob. It's a middle of a lot of people just doing bad things. And it brought Peter's heart to really such a place where he could not stand for his faith. So this will help us to understand the situation, the circumstances that he was in. It was not easy. But when he did that three times, Jesus, eye to eye to Peter. And Peter, knowing, looking at, the eyes of Jesus, he wept. This is what brought him to repentance. When you come to see the face of Jesus, and that's what we are praying. When you come here, you don't see the face of the preacher. You don't see the face of the worship leader or the singers. But we come here 
to see the face of Jesus. When you see the face of Jesus, that's where you get the flow of grace. That's why when Peter was locked eye to eye with Jesus, then he remembered when Jesus said, Peter, I prayed for your faith that after that you will be able to strengthen your brothers and sisters. I pray that out of this temptation you will come out victorious. And that reminds him of the grace of God, of the love of God. So let's look at the second pain that Jesus is undergoing this time. And maybe not only the way to the cross. This pain of rejection. Maybe Jesus understood this from the day he was born. Because Jesus was born, if people had known it, it was out of wedlock. So maybe some people who know it, they must have, you know, speaking bad things about him, calling him with names, bullied him, maybe his friends, all those things that Isaiah called him a man of sorrows. So let's look now from Luke 22. What happened with what is being called rejection, how Jesus understand these things. Verse 63, now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. So this is the first one because before they sent Jesus to Pilate. So in front of the chief priests, in front of the elders, they were mocking him, they were beating him. And they even ridiculed him. Okay, now you prophesy. You usually who can speak of things. Now you prophesy who is hitting you, who is striking you. You know, Jesus, he knew all these things. He knew exactly the person who speak, the person who hid him. He just known to God exactly. But he chose to be quiet. He chose not to answer a word. And they said many other things against blasphemy. And this is done in public place. So Jesus understand what does it mean to be rejected in front of the public. It's not in private. In private it will be more bearable, but this is in public. He understood. Maybe some of you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm always being a second person, not being treated like 
you are important, but you just being second. And Jesus understand all those rejection. And it happened continual with Pilate when Jesus was, was brought before Pilate in Luke 23. Verse 10, 11, and 23, the chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him. And Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. And in verse 23, this is in front of Pilate, but they were urgent or pressing, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified and their voices prevailed. So it's not only mocking, now it's accusing. Now Jesus was alone and all these people, they have a mob. They have a lot of people against him and they speak against all those things against him alone. He was having no defense and all these accusations just come against him. And moreover, you know Herod. Herod was, he was a king, but he was unpredictable. You know, he just do whatever he likes. And what happened with Jesus? He was so longing to see Jesus. But now when he came to the presence of Jesus, he treated Jesus with contempt and mocked him. Maybe some of you, when people say bad things against you, one word, one word, and you get so upset, how come that person can say those things to me? Maybe it's one word. Or maybe it's your wives. Or maybe children, you hear your parents, wives, you hear your husband or your spouse telling you bad things. And you just cannot forget that word that was being spoken to you. Maybe you feel you are being rejected as someone who should have been loved. Maybe you feel like you just feel like you are just not a good child. Or maybe you are not a good spouse. You never Please, your parents, maybe that's what you feel. You feel rejected. You feel like your siblings, your brother or sisters are better than you. And all these pains of rejection, Jesus was enduring it by himself. He understood. He understood. Maybe you feel like, why I'm being treated differently? All my friends they got good plans, but me? So we feel that kind of rejection. And this is the place where Jesus is taking up upon himself in walking to Calvary. He is taking the pain of rejection upon his shoulders. He could have, he could have spoke against all these accusations. He could have but he chose to be silent. 
because he knew this is a time when he is taking up our sins, our pains, our sorrows. So that's exactly what Jesus is taking up. And the third one is the pain of abandonment. This is the biggest pain that Jesus was experiencing on the cross. Let's read from Matthew 27. Now from the sixth hour, which is 12 noon, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, for his whole life, never being separated from his father. Never. Now you can see this example maybe from husband and wife who has been married, say, 50 years, 60, 70 years, and when one of them pass away, you know, the other spouse was like so grief because losing a best friend who's always there for years and years and years. And it's only maybe 40, 50, 60, 70 years they've been together. Or maybe it's not quite 70 minus, you know, the time when they were single, maybe 50 years. And they've been always together. And when one of them passes away, it was like sometimes they cannot endure. And sometimes they just, you know, the other one also passes away soon after that. And you know, this is with Jesus. He was not only 70 years with the Father, but he was eternal with the Father always, never being separated. And being always with his Father and the Holy Spirit all the time. Now it comes a time when he has to be on his own. And taking up all these burden, problems, accusation, rejection, betrayal by himself. So the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark, they write down the same thing. The one cry that they notice, that they always remember and they write it down is only this one cry from the cross. Ellie, Ellie, because that cry, you just break your heart. My Father, my God. Why now you are being separated from me? We can understand from Jesus' side, being on the cross, being in pain. You know, when you are in the hospital, being by yourself in pain, oh, that's such a pitiful place. 
being on your own. No family, no friends. But even more so, it's not only Jesus who is in pain, but the Father who is in heaven. The Father was looking at His Son, crying out to Him, and His Son was such in an agony, agony of pain all over His body. And plus, now the Son is crying out to the Father, why are you away from me? And the father is there. The father was listening. The father was looking at the cross of Jesus. And you understand, parents, how you can see your child suffering, but you cannot help him or her. You cannot do anything. But you just have to look on how much pain the Father in heaven enduring at the same time, even though the Father was in heaven, Jesus on the cross, but the Father's heart, it just broke. He knew he never would have abandoned Jesus, he said, but because of the sin of the whole world. He cannot, he cannot help him. There is an illustration that I read. I don't know whether it's a true story or not. There was a father who used to be a, a, a keeper of the railway. And one time, he brought one of his child to play outside and the child was playing on the railway and there is the train coming but then the father could not it's either he saved his child or saving all the passengers on the train it was a difficult choice and he couldn't do anything except to, to let the train pass by safely and losing his child. And that is exactly our Father in heaven. If any one of you, you feel that Maybe out of all your brothers and sisters, out of your siblings, maybe out of all the people in your workplace, you feel you are being left out. You feel you are being abandoned by your parents. Jesus, understand the pain of abandonment. He understood and he is bearing that pain on the cross for you and for me. And the fourth one is a pain of shame. Matthew 27, 27 until 31. 
Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet rope on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the rope and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. This is what happened. The Roman soldiers, they treated Jesus. They put a mocking play on Jesus. He was playing that Jesus was a king and they struck him on the head. They put a crown of thorns. The thorns was like so big. And if they had known who is the person standing before them, is the king of kings, the king of the whole world, yet he let himself to experience, to be put to shame. Who say that you are a king? Let's just close you like a king and we will worship you. But then they hit him and they mock him. You know, if you were not a king and you are being treated like that, maybe you say, okay, well, maybe I'm not a king. But this, Jesus was a real king. He was a truly king. And yet, he allowed others to treat him like he was a scam. He was a real king. So if somebody, maybe just a normal people being treated like this for your sake, maybe that's, well, that's already such a bad things to undergo. But the one who let himself to experience this is the great king. And he endured this for you. Now maybe deep inside your heart, no matter who you are, you can be a great leader. You can be a boss. You can be a successful person, but deep inside, you feel ashamed of yourself. You feel afraid if people know who you are, you are ashamed of who you really are. And Jesus know that pain of shame. And let's read from Luke 23. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, 
the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. You know, when Jesus on the cross, he was being put to shame. Why? He was being there naked. For all to see. And not only that, plus the shame of receiving all this mocking and scoffing, not from only one category of people, but this is all the rulers, the soldiers, even the criminals who were hanged together with him. You know, all these things going on around him, from the rulers to the soldiers to all the, also maybe some of the people, that it also caught on the criminals who undergo the same suffering. And they all put him to shame. You say you are a king? Prove yourself. For all these things, Jesus was silent. So Jesus told us, you know in your sufferings, don't lose hope. Maybe you suffer from people's words against you. Maybe you suffer from what they do to you. But you haven't shed your blood. Just like I did on the cross. And I was bearing such a shame. This is the king the great king being treated with such a shameful ways. So all those things that if we examine ourselves, maybe we also have those in our hearts. Those are the pains that Jesus is taking upon himself on the cross. The more we understand, the more we come to experience, to understand what does it mean, what does the cross mean to me. That's the power. When you understand, then you are being freed from your own pain of betrayal, rejection, Abandonment, shame, these are just some of the four that I explained today. And there is one more, what Jesus said at the end. With all this pain upon him, John 19, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, 
I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is 3 p.m. After three hours of total darkness, you can imagine just like a solar eclipse. The sun refused to shine 12 to 3. And Jesus was already on the cross from 9. Even there, being in agony, being in pain on the cross, his thought was, I want to fulfill the word of God. I want to fulfill everything that God has said about my life. So he said, I thirst. So even in the hardest place, he doesn't clinch from his determination to fulfill, to finish his mission on this earth. And at the end, after it's all being done for him, he said, it is finished. Now, this is such a good way to end someone's life. You know, when upon a dying moment when someone was like, oh, I still want to live like, you know, they are still struggling to live. That's not a peaceful way to live the earth. Or maybe upon the dying times, you remember, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. Oh, I should have done this. That's a place of regret. But Jesus, ending his life, he had no regret. He said, I've done everything that the Father told me to do. I've accomplished my mission. And he said, it is finished. And this word also means what Jesus had accomplished on the cross, what Jesus had took on himself, and when he took it to the cross, if you and I believe, it is also finished in your life and in my life. All the pain of rejection, abandonment, shame, betrayal, it can be finished by the blood of Jesus. It can be finished. You can be a new creation. And lastly, let's read from the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, start from verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteem him not. Surely he has borne our griefs 
and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. And God is telling you and I, do not carry your burden alone. God say, cast your burdens. Cast means roll away. Give it away. Don't carry your own burden, but give it to the Lord. Because when you keep carrying your own burden, you don't really believe that Jesus is the one who already carried for you on the cross. Jesus already took all this pain of yours all this mistake, all these sins of yours on the cross. So that by his wounds, you are healed. I truly believe when you understand, when you really meditate on the cross, you will grow in your faith so much more. That's why Jesus said, as often as you do this, remember me. As often as you meditate on the cross, as often as you took the blood and the uh, body of Jesus, you remember, remember me. Because when you remember, when you understand the cross, your freedom will be as much as how much you understand, how much you believe. You will get that freedom. You will get the healing, not only your physical, but your mind, your heart, your soul will be healed. Amen. Let me invite all the musicians to come forward and let us just prepare ourselves with the bread and the grape. Let's prepare. Let's just bring ourselves personally before the cross. And I invite you all just to stand up in his presence. Just close your eyes. And come in the place of receiving. Receiving his love. Receiving what he has accomplished. What he has endured. <laughs> 